0: It's okay, no one is right. Good evening. It's really great to be here. A big thank you to the host, Yasha Kayach, hostess. And thank you, Esther, for putting this together. And thank you, for everyone, for participating. B'chlal Rosh Choydash is a very special moment, especially for women. But there is something extra special tonight, tomorrow. We are gathered on Rosh Choydash Kislev happens to be that Rosh Chodesh Kislev is not consistent. Sometimes it's a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Sometimes it's a one-day Rosh Chodesh. There are only two months in our year that are open, that they change, that they fluctuate. All the other months, other than Cheshven and Kislev, it's fixed. This year, Rosh Chodesh Kislev is a one-day, a one-day Rosh Chodesh. And the Rebbe coined, calls the month of Kislev the month of redemption, there are many special Chabad, Lubavitch, and Hasidic holidays on the month of Kislev, many meaning way beyond any other month. To go through the month, to my knowledge, and I'm sure there are many days that I'm not aware of, but Choydush Kislev is the day that in 1977, in when the Rebbe had a very severe heart attack, not one But two heart attacks. Shmini atzeresim chastaydo. You can hold it for me. Wow. I don't know if they can hear. I hope they can hear from there. Wow. Um. The the Rebbe got got well enough to be able to go home on Rosh Hashanah. I know that I'm a Brazilian. And like many other Hasidim that did not grow up in Crown Heights, we did not see the Rebbe very often. So when we heard the Rebbe had a heart attack, I remember that as a child, we heard the Rebbe is getting better. So all is good, but for the locals, for people who lived in Crown Heights at that time, just to understand that the Rebbe, aside of the Rebbe being the Rebbe of the world, the Rebbe was the, the local Rabbi. It was Gishmak. In other words, you saw the Rebbe even if you never interacted that much, you saw the Rebbe three times a day for shakras, for mincha, for maitav. There are many Hasidim that never missed the davening with the Rebbe. And even for the average person, okay, people went on vacation, but the Rebbe was really part of everyone's life. And this was the only time during the Rebbe's life that there was over a month in which people did not see the Rebbe. So when the Rebbe felt that he's well enough to go home on Rosh Choy Just seeing the Rebbe for people that were there, that was such a huge celebration. To the point that the Rebbe's wife, the Rebidsen, who was in 770 during that time, she was on the second story watching the reaction of Hasidim when the Rebbe walked out of 770 and people spontaneously began to dance with such joy that she spent a few hours watching the Hasidim dancing and not going home with her husband. Because she was so moved from that joy that she told she had a person that helped her out, that she the last time she remembered such a genuine simchum of Hasidim being happy that Terev as well, was when her father came back from his exile in Kastrama, He was there for 10 days. But when he was really going to be exiled there for much longer, so she remembers as a young girl the joy of Hasidim. And she couldn't get over, she saw the way the Hasidim Pashid loved the Rebbe. That was Rosh Chodesh Kislev, and we considered it a yantif. All the other yamim Tayvin, who are we to make a yantif? A Rebbe makes a yantif, but the only yantif that was coined by Hasidim is tonight and tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev, because the Rebbe, again, when he got the heart attack, he was confined to his room for over a month and uh, he miraculously recovered recovered meaning that ever had it a shalim, literally and people that have such a heart attack as that ever had normally don't recover fully that ever not only recovered fully but that ever began to do activities somehow miraculously godly beyond and beyond and beyond And many times during the Fabrengen, I remember as a bacher, there are videos of that that ever had doctors monitoring him throughout the years when Dr. Weiss would come to 770 in middle of the Fabringen ever would put his hands on his pulse, if you ever saw that on a video, in public, and he was showing the doctor that he's good, don't worry, because it was that severe. Dr. Weiss says that he felt that the Rebbe can never bring in public again. Guys, this is in 1977, can you imagine? And the gift that we have as Hasidim, that Teneb is with us from 1977 until 1991, until the stroke that the Rebbe was speaking to us, how much light that ever brought into the world is undescribable. So that's the yomtiv of Rosh Kislev. Just quickly. The second day of Kislev is a yomtiv because when the Rebbe had the case of the Svarim, which we'll speak about another time, when Lubavitch, when the Rebbe won a Buch, won the court case, they appealed it. And when we finally got the reconfirmation and when the Svarim came to 770, that was on the second day of Kislev. That's base Kislev. On the ninth day of Kislev, the, the Mittler Rebbe was born. That is the same day that he passed away. On the tenth day of Kislev, the Mittler Rebbe was freed from jail. On the thirteenth day of Kislev, there's a yantra that's not coming to my mind right now, but it's a Labavitchi yantra. On the fourteenth day of Kislev, the Rebbe and the Rebbitson got married. But the Rebbe and Rebbitson got married. They got married really late at night, and some Oiber Chacham stole their Ksuba and Stam Hamakim to remind everyone that a married person cannot. You cannot live as a married couple if you don't know where your ksuba is. You don't have to have your ksuba. Your ksuba can be in another continent. You have to know where it is. Someone stole the Rebbe and the Rebbe's ksuba on the night of the wedding. So when they came home early in the morning, which was on the 15th of Kislev, they realized there's no ksuba. So they went to the the previous Rebbe who hand-wrote the ksuba for them. So we really celebrate not only the 14th of Kislev as the Rebbe and the Rebbe's wedding anniversary, but the date on the Kisube is on the 15th of Kislev. Then we have Yutas Kislev. We have Chav Kislev, Yutas Kislev, the, the yard site of the, of the Magid. Yutas Kislev is the day that the that the Alta Rebbe was liberated from Petersburg. Yutas Kislev is the day that the Rebbe Rashaab called the Rosh Hashanah for Hasidus. The previous Rebbe says that on Yutas Kislev, the Balshamtiv and the Alter Rebbe were conceived, because when were they born? Who knows? The, uh, the Balshemtiv and the Alter Rebbe. They were born on high elum. and if you go back exactly nine months, that's Yutaskislev. So the Chidduch says that Yutaskislev is the birth, is the real birth of the whole Hasidic movement. Both of the Balshamtiv, he was conceived on Yutaskislev, as was the interesting comment from the Chidduch then you have Hanukkah, And Hanukkah is considered a Lubavitcher holiday. People that are not Chabad get very angry at this. But I'll explain why Hanukkah has a special relationship with Lubavitch and with Chabad. And de facto, in the United States, what the Rebbe did with Hanukkah, and this is also the Rebbe went to the Supreme Court, Lubavitcher Supreme Court, that we got legal rights to set up public notice. Public monitis is a phenomenon that never existed in the world. And we're living in a country that anywhere you go, you have public monitis. And it ever wrote to so many people that we have no idea what this does to a non-affiliated Jew in America. When they see a monitis displayed in public and they feel a little bit of Jewish pride, they feel a little bit of recognition, they identify themselves as he did, this has a tremendous effect on Yiddish, especially if they're not yet that connected to Yiddishkeit, which is why the Rebbe went out all the way in the public leaders, which is something that we are familiar with. But in the 80s and the 90s, it was something very not accepted yet by the masses of the religious people, and it was challenged by, by the by the by the by the government. Until now, there are many cases being fought. But once we won the first case in the Supreme Court, from then, Lubavitch did not lose one case once we had the legal rights to put a public in the sitting hall, even though in America there's a separation of church and state. That was the argument that the separation of the church and state never meant that we should prohibit a nonydo being displayed in public. Such arguments go on until today. So it's not only that there are many days that are special, But that ever considers this month as the month of redemption. And he explained why. The Jewish year has two beginnings. We have Nisan is the beginning of the year because the traitor calls the month of Nisan the first month. The third month from Nisan is the month in which the traitor was given, right? Sivan. The other head of the year is Tishrei. And the third month from Tishrei is the month of Kislev. What do we celebrate Hasidim? We celebrate on Kislev. The fact that the Hasidic movement was born, that the Al was liberated. Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus is in the month of Kislev. What's Hasidus trade So in other words, there's a certain revelation of trade in the third month. Dafka. The third month from Nisan is the giving of the trade And the third month of Tishrei, is when Hasidus is being revealed in the world. Why is Trader revealed in the third? So the Rebbe explains because the first month always represents God. Like what happens in Nisan? God revealed himself. God took us out of Egypt. God was present. We were not even worthy. We had nothing to do with it. It was a giloy of God. What happens in Tishrei? For most of us, Tishrei is a month that we feel very close to God. This Yalom Traybim. There was less us and more God. The month after Tishrei, which is Cheshvan, there are there are no Yomim Up until now, until the coming of Mashiach, Cheshvan is the only calendar month, the Jewish calendar month, that has not a single holiday. So there is a month in which God manifests. Then there is a month in which the world manifests. And the third month is when we figure out how to reconcile, how to put together God and the. Which is, which is the journey that we are all on. We are all on that journey. We know that there's godliness, but then there's also us, and how do we find a, a happy, healthy harmony between them is a challenge. And what gives a Jew Kaya to bring together God and the world is the title. Now you have the revealed title, and then you have the inner title. And the difference between them and Atkan, just, that was the last Nakoda just sharing a part of the Rebbe, is that the fact that Sivan is in summer, the fact that Kislev is winter is very meaningful because summer is a time where the sun is shining. In other words, that there is a lot of revelation from without. The world is a lightened, up, illuminated world. Winter represents a moment where the world is dark. And when the world is dark, then the only light that you have access to is the light within yourself. And the goal of Hasid is, is to help all of us get better in touch with the light that we have inside ourselves. And that's the theme of the month, which begins tonight and tomorrow. Well, there's a cute story. It's a, like a, a foolish story that makes a very good point that there was once a person walking down the street and he, and he sees his friend at night under the lamppost looking for something. He's looking right under the lamppost. So he tells his friend, "Ah, you lost something." He said, "Yeah, I'll help you. That's great. Can you you remember exactly where you lost it?" He said, "Yeah, a few blocks away." So he tells him, "If you lost it a few blocks away, why are you looking for it over here?" So he said, "Because here there's no light. Here there's light." So he's looking for it in the wrong place because there's light outside of him. And this is a muscle that we use to point out that it's always great to get inspiration from someone outside of you from out there from a lamppost but if the light is not coming from within then we are all vulnerable to going to a lamppost that's a few blocks off the place where we really need to be and we all have a light within we all have that i'm not speaking about a type a personality we're speaking about the life that we all have within that really lights up the environment no matter how dark the environment might be. And the quest that we all have is, how do I tap into that light? And this is the month of Kislev. It's a month of winter. It's a month of darkness. And the reason why there are so many Hasidic holidays is because through the Torah of Hasidus, we have the power to find the light within, which is gold. Because then, no matter what is happening in my life, no matter how dark the world out there might be, I am I am, I am enlightened. And I am enlightened, meaning that not only do I have the koyach to, to lighten up my world, but I have the koyach to lighten up your world as well. I want to share just a story. I think I shared it over these over of sometime, just to illustrate the meaning of that, we have, we all have a light within. What that means and how that manifests. We're not speaking about intelligence. Hopefully, we have that as well. We're speaking about something that is way beyond intelligence. There is something about our lives, about the life of a Jew, that we are that when we tap into our neshama we end up accepting things. We end up behaving in a way. We end up doing things that are completely beyond rationale. And that's the most beautiful thing. When a person is behaving super rational, you are seeing the inner light of the Neshama. So this story, a beautiful story, it happened a while back. Summer is a time in America that people have off from school for many, many weeks which is very strange. Let's see who will change that. In the most healthy societies, you give a break of a much shorter amount of time. You how know, God gave us Shabbos. Shabbos is a 15% cycle. Six days you work and one day you rest. And this cycle of 15% is God given. And that means that if a person is gonna take off less than that, you're gonna burn out. If you're not gonna give yourself a 15% break, you'll burn out. If you give yourself too much rest, you'll become lazy. This is the balance. And every seven days, one day you should rest and six days you should work. And this is from Goyim. Goyim are not supposed to keep Shabbos. They can keep Sunday, protest, keep Friday, Kamineska Tuesday. we keep Shabbos because we mirror God, but the concept of Shabbos is a universal concept. There's work and there's rest, and you have to get it correct. Same thing when it comes to study. There's a certain amount of time that you have to study, and then there's a very healthy amount of time to take a break. When my wife and I, when we live in Hong Kong, eight weeks, eight weeks, school, two weeks break. That's the year. Eight weeks, two weeks. That's not tighter, but it's a certain safe. So the kids don't leave school, I don't know, they leave school here, what, for three months, for four months? Two and a half. Two and a half months. months. Someone made a chashban that if you look at your calendar, you'll see that your kids are more days out of school than in school. That's before Corona. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a funny cycle, but there's many weeks off. What do you do during that time? So we always advocate that ever began programs to make sure that Bachrim, now if a person is into learning, go learn. But if you're not going to go learn, then many Bachrim traveled. we call that medical shlichas, almost the whole Lubavitch was filled by Yeshiva boys during the summer going to communities in which at that time there was no established community. They would go there with suitcases of Jewish books in English and they would sometimes knock on doors and go through the white pages to find Jewish names and they would go meet Jews and they would establish Jewish centers and many cities have Chabad houses because of that work. You also had many Baruchim that do volunteer work over summer. Nothing wrong having a great time but Maybe not for 10 weeks in a row. So the stories of a bunch of Bachim that they decided that they're going to do volunteer work somewhere in Maryland. These are Bachim from New York. These are Lubavitcher boys. So there's a place called Rockville or something like that, Maryland. And a few Bachim went to spend summer in a Jewish old age to, to help volunteer. And then the name, the first name is an accurate name. So one of the Bachim there was, was, has the name of Mardechai. The story probably happened 15 years ago or something like that. One of the jobs of, the, of these boys was to go every morning to all of the elderly men and to offer them, to ask them if they want to join the minion. There was a minion, it was a you know, it was a Jewish old age home. There was many people that were frum, Many people were not that frum, but you know, when you get older, if you don't have Toyota and you don't have family, you're in trouble. What do you do? So you go down. You have nothing else to do. It sounds terrible. You go down. So people went to Dava And there was one nasty man on the second floor that never wanted to go to Davin. Okay, what's the one? One day, one of the volunteers offered him, would you like to go? And this man was in such a bad mood that he really gave it to him. Don't you ever dare come? And don't you ever dare ask me? And he really, he gave him a barrage of, of heat. He was verbally very abusive to him. That's the word today. And that volunteer shared it with Mardachai, who became like, he was like the A personality there. And Mardachai felt that he's going to have a word with this old man. Maybe, no one has to join the dominion. But when you have, he says, a bunch of teenagers that instead of going, you know, just to have fun, they are spending, mama's doing hard work. Say no like a mensch. This is more or less what he tells this old man. Ah, the old man tells Mardechai, let me tell you something, but come into my room. And the old and nasty man begins to share with this yeshiva Bakr his life. He says, I grew up in a a home and before the war. He says, when I was 12, he says, my father and I were taken to a concentration camp. And in our, in our barak in, where we were stationed, he says they had one one tefillin, not a pair. One tefillin, a hand tefillin or a head tefillin. And I remember how people under those conditions would treasure the moment that they get to wear one half of half of the mitzvah. It's coming to my bar mitzvah. My father told me that for your bar mitzvah, you're not going to do a half a mitzvah. I'm going to get you a whole a whole tefillin. And they heard a rumor that a couple of barracks down, someone has a pair of tefillin. And the risk to get it cannot be uh, understated. And he says his father woke up early in the morning. And with trepidation, I watched my father run out of our barrack And he ran down a few. And I was waiting. And I knew that if anyone is going to see him, they'll kill him. And I see him come out. And as he gets closer, I can see that his hands are cupped together. There was something in his hands and I understood that he got from my bar mitzvah, the pair of tefillin. But as he came right near Arab Barak, he says, a, a guard came out of nowhere. He took a look at my father, a Jew out when he's not allowed to be out, and he killed him right in front of him. He says, I ran out. He says, the Nazi didn't kill me because he wanted me to suffer with my father's death. And this old man is telling Mordechai, so you tell me, he says, if there can be a God that can allow a father to be killed in front of his son on the day of his bar mitzvah because he's trying to get a pair of filling for his son. He says, you want me to go into a shul to dive to such a guy? What do you say to that? There's nothing to respond to that. He apologized. He told the old man, we will never bother you again." Hashgach pratis is running the world. He says, a few days later, not a week goes by, and there was an elderly man that had yard site. And for some reason, that day, there was no minion. They had nine people with all the volunteers, with all the men that were there, and they needed a tenth. And the only tenth Jew then in the facility was the nasty old man on the second floor. And Martichai says, I needed to ask him. And I promised him I'll never bother him again. But we need a minion. We need a minion. So he says, I went upstairs. I knocked on his door. And I was expecting the worst. And when he sees me, he says, you're here again? He says, listen. He says, there is a Jew downstairs that needs to say Kaddish. This is not about God. He says, you have to do a favor to to your fellow. He needs, you're the 10th. And he says, he was expecting the worst. So the old man tells Mordechai, okay, if that's the case, then take me in now. He could not walk well, so he needed to go on a wheelchair. So he says, wheel me in. So I began to wheel this old man out of the, the door. Right, Success, I got him. And he says, wait. And he points to the, to the dresser. And he tells me to open up the drawer there. And I open up the drawer and I see an old bag of tefillin. And I understand this is the tefillin that he took out of his father's hands. And he says, should I take the tefillin? He said, yeah, take the tefillin. He says, I rolled the man downstairs to the chapel, to the shul. And he says he did not want to go. And he says he wanted to be near the door. But he asked me to put tefillin on him. He says, I put tefillin on this old man. And he says, and he went to a different universe. He says he began to cry. And he began to say, In Yiddish Father, was calling for us and he was caressing the straps of the Tvila. And he sat there during davening, And he sat there after that. He was sitting there for hours. And I'm waiting for him. And when he was ready to be rolled back to his room, he thanked me. And he tells, Martha shared he tells me, please pick me up tomorrow morning for the meeting. And he says for the next few weeks, every weekday, Mardachai picked up this old man and he took him to the chapel and he put on his father's He goes to pick up the old man. The old man is not there. And he already felt that the worst happened. And he asked the nurse, where is he? So she said he passed away. He says that yesterday afternoon he was not feeling well. They needed to take him to the hospital. We passed away. Okay. At the end of the summer, this Jewish old age home, they, they made a special gathering to thank all the volunteers. So during that goodbye party, a woman walks over to Mardechai and she tells him, you have no idea of the blessing that you gave to my father. So he asked her, who are you? She says that I'm the nasty, everyone called him the nasty old man. I'm the nasty old man's daughter. And she tells him, let me tell you what happened the day he passed away. He says that he davened with you every day. We all know about He says in the afternoon, we needed to take him to the hospital. So he says, as we're taking him out of the room, he insisted that we take the tefillin. He says he had a heart attack. He says early the next morning, he insisted that we put tefillin on him. And she said he passed away wearing his father's tefillin. Imagine. Now I'm asking you. You hear these stories. This Jew had a question that has no answer. How how can God allow, allow, allow whatever happened to him to all of us, but to him that a a twelve year old, a bar mitzvah boy, should witness his father being murdered in his because of the tefillin. So there there is no reason. There's no logic for him to put on tefillin. And for him to connect to Hashem, it's not logical. It's not. It's very important to understand, especially by our children, our teenagers. It's good to have questions. And if we have an answer, we should give the answer. But there are many questions for which there is no answer. But Yiddish Kite is not based on answers. Yiddishkeit is based on the Emmys. It's an emmess that's beyond us. Some of it, we understand A lot of it, we have no understanding of it. A lot of it is very painful. But one thing we see that we all have in the Shama, that's a fact. And when someone somehow gets in touch with their Neshama, everything changes. No matter how dark of a life this man had, his most enlightened moments were the moments that he wore the tefillin and he was connected to Hashem and he was connected to God and he was connected to his past and he was connected to his future. And we have that same neshama. Thank God we don't have the sardis, but we have the same neshama. And when we learn how to tap into that neshama, and that's the goal of Hasidis. Chodesh ha is because we have something within us that is so light, it's so enlightened that you can be living in the most darkest of places and somehow we can not only manage to get by, but we can completely overcome it. We can light up the world. The question is, how do we get in touch with our own life? That's a very important question to ask. And one thing is for sure that, that you, we might have a a schuz or a, lo- a lucky moment, but if we don't ask that question and we don't try to find the answer, then we're missing out on a very important part of our lives. Some of it has to do with learning chassidus, learning Torah. Some of it might have to do with davening. Some of it has to do with the mitzvah. I, I would argue that what works for you will not work for me. It's not about knowing the answer. It's about asking the question. The question is that when the Rosh Chodesh comes and we, Hasidim, are celebrating a month of Geula, what could I do and what should I do that will get me better connected to the light that is already within me? That's the question. And it's good to sleep on the question. Don't jump to the answer. And some people will have to go on a long journey. They'll try a little bit of this and try a little bit of that. But if you ask the question enough and you do some effort, you put in the work, then Hashem is going to bless us specifically in this month. When the neshama is closer to the surface, that we will become redeemed. The inner redemption is that we should have and we should be able to connect to that neshama that is already inside of us. L'chayim. All right. A lot of silence.